Do you need a new or optimized website for your indoor playground or soft play rental business? Well, we now have a team of professional web designers ready to help you bring your vision to life. Our designs marry your aesthetic with what's been proven to work time and time again in this industry. And since we only work with play-based business owners, we have designing high converting websites that can be a complete game changer for your revenue and income down to a science. And we make it really affordable. Head to the show notes for example sites and pricing information. And yes, you can get the professional yet beautiful website of your dreams on the website platform of your choice for less than $800. You can even book a free call with our web design team if you have questions or want to talk about your specific needs. If you want us to, we'll even do all of your tech setup and software integrations so you don't have to lift a finger. We look forward to helping you convert your vision into reality and in turn, convert more browsers into buyers. Head to the show notes for all of our web design information. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers. So this entire week and maybe next week of episodes is going to be for you, the burned out business owner, the owner who feels overwhelmed with the amount of tasks in front of them, the owner who knows they need help and maybe even has a team or a support system to help them, but might be struggling a bit to delegate their workload and ask for that help in a practical way that actually helps move the mountains that they're right now shouldering alone. And maybe this isn't you, or maybe you're in a season of your business right now where everything's running smoothly, like a well-oiled machine. And if that resonates with you, then go ahead and pat yourself on the back because that is amazing. But I promise these things and struggles tend to come and go in cycles. I've seen it time and time again, whether the hardships come with your busy season or whether it's when you're facing staff turnover or whether it's when your home life is just demanding more of your time. Even if you're in a really good place right now with your business, I still want you to give these episodes a listen because not only is there always room for growth in this industry, but these tips and tools that I'm going to share over the next few weeks can be simply tucked away in your back pocket for whenever you need them, because chances are you will. And before we get into today's episode, I just have to remind you that the best way to show support for me or the show, if you find these tips and strategies helpful, is to pause and leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. I read every one and I appreciate them so, so much. All right, so I know it's Monday morning, and I always try to keep it light and positive for you to kick off your week, so just know, even though this episode starts out kind of dreary, I promise you this episode and those that follow will leave you not only filled with hope that there is a light at the end of your tunnel, but they will also give you a really easy plan of action to take to get there. 
The first thing I want to talk about as we kick off this series is the negativity in this industry, because there's a lot of it. I don't know if you've noticed a lot of owners that you may follow on social media or who you may have reached out to when researching your business idea likely scoffed at you, told you that you were crazy for following this dream and that this path would lead you to nothing but heartaches and headaches and debt. There are very vocal owners out there who love to dwell in this space and shout these negative proclamations from the rooftops. And to be honest, I am not a woo-woo type of person, and I'm putting that in air quotes, but I truly believe that when you live in that deep, dark negativity 24-7 and are constantly blasting that negativity back into the universe, Your business is going to reflect that, and you're going to get that exact same energy right back tenfold. When you constantly share the negative interactions or issues that you have with your customers and bash them, and by the way, quick side note, I'm talking about publicly bashing your customers here, not in a safe private community like Playmaker Society. That's actually one of the things that I really cherish most about my Playmaker Society group is that it is a safe and private space where we as owners can commiserate and share struggles and bounce ideas off of each other and vent and give suggestions and things like that. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about publicly on social media because your customers are going to see that. And worse, (laughs) they're going to feel that. And that has a 100% probability of reflecting in your sales, your member retention rate, your customer loyalty, and your word of mouth. I mean, just imagine having to walk into a business and wonder if you're going to be the next one that gets posted on a TikTok or something like that. There's a saying you probably heard that People buy from people, not businesses or brands. And in this industry, I have absolutely found this to be true. This isn't to say that you need to be the face of your business all the time or that you need to be the singular person that people are going to be evaluating when deciding whether or not to become a customer. But trust me, they will take note of your values and your vibe that you consistently show them. And generally speaking, when an owner has that certain vibe or set of values that they showcase on their social media or in person, chances are that rubs off on their team as well. And trust me, customers will make that logical leap. If they see you acting a certain way, they're going to assume that your entire staff is pretty much following suit. Am I saying that you can never be honest or open about your struggles on social media? No, that is not what I'm saying. But something I heard once from one of my business mentors, Amy Porterfield, something that she said to me about this really stuck with me to this day. She said, it's best to show your scars, not your scabs. And this essentially means that the best way to be authentic about the very real downs of your business journey is when you've come out the other side, having grown and healed from the issue or roadblock and have a new perspective or lesson or insight to share. 
when the wound is very raw and we're when we're sharing things like in real time, we tend to be bitter, defensive, and honestly, just downright unprofessional and ugly, which is a side I have always regretted sharing with my audience when I have, because again, I'm human. I've made this mistake multiple times. So now I do still love being honest and authentic, but I also give myself that essential time necessary to heal before sharing those realizations and overcoming those obstacles. All right. So now let's talk about what makes these owners feel these constant negative emotions, because unfortunately it's much more common than you'd like to think. Typically, when I have the chance to sit down or consult with an owner like this, their main gripe, so to speak, is that they're feeling overworked and overwhelmed. They feel like they're doing all the things in their business in capital letters, yet they have very little or no profit or take-home compensation to show for it. The reality of this business for them, where they are right now, is not matching up with their expectations that they had when they opened, when they launched their dream business. They likely pictured strolling in with their kids on occasion, letting them play while they grabbed a coffee and caught up with staff, only to leave, you know, a couple minutes to an hour or so later, feeling refreshed and empowered that their business is in good hands and that they can go on about the rest of their day and the rest of their lives. They can travel, take weekends off without worry, be the present spouse and parent they desire, and rely on that steady paycheck from their business. But again, for these owners, this is not what life is like. And for my first year, I lived this struggle too. So again, this is a perfect example of me showing up, sharing my scars, because I came out the other side. I figured out how to live that dream entrepreneurial lifestyle. But for that first year, instead of this entrepreneurial dream, I was working at the cafe pretty much all the time with one kid strapped to my back and one kid strapped to my front. And the second my husband came home from work, I'd whip out of the driveway as fast as I could and rush to the cafe because I had probably been texting constantly with my staff all day. I had been dealing with customer service issues and dealing with complaints and putting out fire after fire after fire. I'd be gone working every weekend. And when I was home, all I was doing was venting and crying and working some more. And this all really, again, this is me sharing my scars as I've gained new insight and clarity about this, but with hindsight being 2020, this all really came down to how I was running my business, how I was spending my time and how I was managing my team, or really more so how I was failing to manage my team effectively. It just felt like I could never get ahead of my tasks or spend time growing my business because just maintaining the day-to-day was eating up every single second and every bit of energy that I had. And there were just not enough hours in the day. I remember falling and collapsing into my bed at the end of the day, only to wake up a couple hours later and do the exact same thing. That's when I decided something had to change because it wasn't fair to me, it wasn't fair to my team, and it wasn't fair to my family. So 
I started listening to business podcasts and listening to every business audiobook I could find because realistically, the only free time I had to do this type of self-growth or self-improvement was when I was driving my kids to preschool or activities or nursing when I could pop an earbud in. And in episode 18 of this podcast, I share my five absolute favorite business books that are also audiobooks. But today and in the next few episodes, I want to talk about the one that really changed the game for me. The one that made such a deep impact on my life and my business that I mention it to someone either in my group or on a consulting call or refer back to myself at least once a day. And if you're in Playmaker Society, you already know what I'm going to say. I'm sure you already finished my sentence for me, but that book is Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz, and I am going to link that in the show notes. The general goal of this book is to teach you, the business owner, how to take a step back and work on your business more so than in your business, so you can reach that desired state that I mentioned earlier. And this is not one of those woo-woo mindset books, although those do have their place in business. This one is practical, and it really speaks to my type three Virgo heart. It has formulas and worksheets and step-by-step instructions to help lay out the path for you and show you exactly how to get there. He leaves no stone unturned, and unlike most modern business books, he dives deep into the local service provider business side of things, and he doesn't just cover the online or product-based business side, which is what most YouTube channels and podcasts and books cover these days. And if you are a Playmaker Society member, you'll know we actually had someone from Mike Michalowicz's Clockwork team on as a guest expert speaker to really help us take these steps and translate them to apply directly and explicitly into our businesses and in the play-based industry. So spoiler alert, at the end of the episode, your play of the day will be to grab the book or download the audiobook. And just read the first two chapters because we will get to the rest shortly. But having read this book and helped others implement it dozens of times, this is one of those books that you really need to pause and implement as you go. It's not one of those books where you can just read it cover to cover and then completely change your life and business. And my goal with these episodes is to walk right alongside you as you implement Mike's steps. And if you're in Playmaker Society, you already know how to reach me and ask questions 24-7. But if you're not, my DMs on Instagram are open. My profile will also be linked in the show notes. So please feel free to send me a message. All right. So what can you expect in those first two chapters? Well, Mike will help you go through an audit of how your company is currently spending their time. And if you're a solopreneur without any employees, that's okay. He helps you categorize how you are currently spending your time as the business owner who's doing all the things and wearing all the hats. He calls this the 4D structure, and he breaks tasks down into the four Ds, doing, deciding, delegating, and designing. And to read from chapter two, I quote, The ideal mix for a company is 80% doing, 2% deciding, 
8% delegating, and 10% designing. And this is, again, in chapter two of the book. Now, why does a business need to dedicate so much time for doing? Because businesses need to do things that customers want, that creates value in the marketplace, because that's how businesses make profit. The other 20% of that ideal company mix is spread over managing and guiding the business. For you to design your company to run itself, you need to max master the mix, end quote. And I love Mike's honesty in this chapter, and he encourages us to be honest with ourselves too. And he shares that this shift will not happen overnight, nor should we expect it to. That's too much pressure. But again, he lays out a step-by-step-by-step plan to get there, even if it's little by little. Just like in his book, Profit First, which I also recommend, taking little steps to make these shifts will add up to a big impact on your business and, in this case, your life. And one of the first things he discusses is how to offload some of our doing as owners so we can begin focusing more of our time on deciding, delegating, and designing our businesses. Because typically speaking, most businesses are spending 100% of their time doing, and the owners aren't taking a step back to actually work on their business. They are just in the weeds all of the time. So the first step to making the shift and becoming the visionary of our business and not just the jack of all trades is to start doing an audit of our time and figuring out how we can offload some of our doing because we have to free up some of our hours if we're ever going to make this change. And this little bit isn't in the book, But for me, both back then as a Play Cafe owner and now as I run my current business, I always ask myself, if I'm feeling overwhelmed with my task list, I sit down and I look at it and I say, okay, Michelle, which of these are money-making tasks and which of these are maintenance tasks in my business? Sure, both of these need to get done at some point, but dividing my tasks, literally putting them in one bucket or the other, really helps me to prioritize. So I'm not just stuck in this quote unquote head above water phase. And then I'm spending my precious time and creative energy, which is definitely a finite resource as a business visionary in the best way possible, in a way that will grow my business. And not just keep it from sinking, which is what maintenance tasks do. And these maintenance tasks are much easier to delegate, which is one of the things I focus most on in my courses and memberships. You just need to be able to identify them and create processes around them to ensure they're being completed to your standards. And back in episode 11 of this podcast, I talk about standard operating procedures, when you need them, how to complete them, how to use them. And if you're in my course or membership, I dive super deep into exactly how to execute the strategy. So if you're a Playmaker Society member, you should be all set in this regard. But really quickly, I want to talk about how you can start offloading some of your doing and how you can start kind of categorizing your tasks into money-making tasks versus maintenance tasks. So further breaking down those four Ds, the doing, deciding, delegating, and designing, Mike generally categorizes business tasks into four additional categories, attract, convert, 
deliver, and collect. And these all are really doing. So we're going to take that doing category and then further divide it into these four categories. And again, this is something I teach in depth in my course, but generally speaking, money-making tasks fall into the first two categories, attract and convert. So some examples of attract tasks can be creating Facebook or Instagram ads, putting together a very intentional social media strategy, not just throwing spaghetti at the wall, but actually creating and executing strategic social media, which I talk about in episode four. It could be creating lead magnets to get birthday party leads or membership leads, which I talk about in episode one of this podcast. It could be reaching out to businesses and local news outlets to get leads and exposure for our businesses, which I talk about in episode 108 of this podcast. It could be doing blogging or search engine optimization work, which I talk about in many episodes, but most recently in episode 107. And these are just a few examples of attracting your ideal customers and just bringing additional new people into your business universe. And then some examples of converting tasks to convert these new leads that you attracted into actual paying clients. Some examples of these tasks could be creating new revenue streams. So maybe putting out a new class or event posting. It could be improving or creating a sales page or working on optimizing your customer's checkout experience, which we're going to talk about in an episode coming up. It could be sending emails to your current leads to boost your sales or get more event signups or party bookings. It could be creating an email welcome sequence, which I talk about in episode two of this podcast, one of my most important episodes, and it's going to be the best way for you to convert these new leads into paying clients. It could be tweaking your offers or party packages and refining them or doing some analysis on how you could better improve these packages or deliver them better. And we're going to talk a lot more about that, by the way, in the Book More Birthdays Challenge that I talked about at the very top of the episode. But again, the link to sign up is in the show notes. But it could be coming up with new menu items or ways to boost the average spend of customers that are already coming into our doors since we already attracted them into our business. Whereas deliver and collect tasks include executing open play, checking customers in, cleaning the play area, executing birthday parties, making coffee, putting together sensory bins, or stocking retail shelves that we might have created as a revenue stream backed in the attract and convert category. It could be taking payments, handling customer service inquiries, invoicing, sending pre- and post-party emails, recouping missed payments or failed payments for memberships, and things like that. Those are all deliver and collect tasks. So again, if you're a Playmaker Society member, you already have a complete list of all these tasks, as well as all of the training you could ever need to categorize all of your tasks into each of these categories. But your play of the day, whether you are in Playmaker Society or not, is to download the audiobook Clockwork or hop on Amazon, the links in the show notes, and grab the actual hard copy of the book and just read those first two chapters and start categorizing your tasks so that you can figure out how much time you're currently spending on doing and how much time you're spending on 
deciding, delegating, and designing your business. So we have a starting point and we have a clearer picture of how we're going to get to that ideal mix. Because I promise you, I've worked with hundreds, maybe thousands of owners by now in this industry, and it is impossible to break out of that in the weeds, head underwater feeling. If there's, you know, like there's not enough hours in the day, if you don't go back and analyze how you're spending your time so that you can work on actually changing and shifting it. So that's your play of the day. And to give you an even simpler plan or play of the day, I want you to sit down and take a look at the task list that you maybe made in Asana, which I've also talked about on this podcast. It's my favorite task organization tool. So take a look at that task list while you're waiting for your book to download or while you're waiting for your Amazon shipment. And I just want you to ask yourself, which of my tasks that I'm doing today are money-making tasks and which are maintenance tasks. And that's going to put you in the right mindset to read those first few chapters and have that mindset that you can change. You can live the life that you truly dreamt of when you launched this business. As a business owner, you can have a substantial and steady paycheck that you can rely on. You can open that second or third location and you can take vacations. You can take weekends off. I'm telling you this because I see Playmakers doing it every single day inside my membership. Elle from Pico Pies Playtown is working on her third location right now after successfully opening two. And she's been a Playmaker Society since, oh gosh, I think like way back in early 2019. And Renee from Mazan Me Play Cafe in Michigan is celebrating her second location opening. And I'm so proud of her because she's also a longtime Play Cafe Academy and Playmaker Society member. And I absolutely love celebrating all of these successes. But if that doesn't sound like you, and if it just doesn't feel like you can ever get there, I'm telling you, this is the path and this is the action steps that you need to take. I'm not saying this as somebody who's just creating this lofty, rose-colored glasses vision for you. I'm saying this as somebody who sees people putting these plans of action into place and seeing results every single day. It is possible. You just need to learn from those who went before you, take their advice, because again, hindsight is 2020, and put it into action and save yourself a lot of time, energy, and struggle getting to that end result. And that's the whole point of this podcast. And that's the whole point of your play of the day today. So again, if you found this episode helpful, and if you're excited to hear more about how you can make your business run like clockwork, the best way that you can show support for me or for the show is to stop and leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening and be sure that you're subscribed to this podcast. So you never miss an episode. And If you've already left a review, I just want to say thank you. And if you want to continue supporting the show, you can always share this to your stories or share it with a business friend or maybe a business group that you're in. Because while these tips are significant and designed for the indoor play industry, they're definitely applicable across local service-based businesses. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you right back here on Wednesday.